Chapter twenty seven of Young People's Treasury, Volume six Famous Travels and Adventures by Hamilton Wright Maybe. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Betty B. St. Petersburg by Samuel S. Cox. Our steamer glides on what becomes a summer sea of smoothness. The few passengers begin to appear on deck and stretch their vision for the first glance at the imperial city upon the right snug amidst its royal greenery lies the town of peterhof and its domes minarets and imperial palace with its splendid woods and waters our time is opportune for a glorious sight for it is sunset and the sun goes down here at a discreet hour bright dots of burnished gold begin faintly to spangle the sky in front they are domes half hidden by the mist and the distance then a tall spire also gilded brilliant and needle-like pierces the heavens it is the admiralty spire or perhaps that of the church of the fortress the westminster of russia the mausoleum of its dead kings a few minutes and st isaac's church the st peter's of russia looms up in majestic and stupendous proportions its copper dome is surrounded by four others all ablaze like burnished gold and surmounted by the gilded greek cross which towers aloft above the bronze saints and angels which people its architraves and its corners its roofs and its pillared granite cupola beneath it is a city whose roofs of varied hue cover almost a million people a city the outgrowth from a swamp in less than two hundred years we enter the neva whose divided waters flow in canals and lagoons between grand pavements and superb palaces at length we are moored alas how soon the beatific vision vanishes amidst the traffic and troubles of trade we are to undergo a search the first yet made with rigor since our journey began nor can i complain of this rigor recent events make police regulations here necessarily stringent but was it not a little humorous to see the long-robed customs officers scrutinize the heterogeneous matters in our trunks nothing was found contraband but what think you new york journals we had received a mail at stockholm and expected to read up fully in st petersburg some dozen of these journals lay in a pile in my wife's trunk it would have done you good to see the leonine veracity with which these papers were seized who was it that talked of the thousand tongues of the press clearer far than the silver trumpet of the jubilee louder than the voice of the herald at the games these tongues had not a word of protest the music of their trumpet was frozen like that of the voracious traveller out of the bundle tumbled an engraving of charles the twelfth the old enemy of russia did i tremble for the ominous spectre of this dead madcap of sweden the courteous officer handed it back with a gracious smile to my wife who reached for the rest of the bundle while her face flushed at the indignity too and the confusion of her domestic arrangements but with a hasty push and an impetuous neeped neeped no no our papers were confiscated to the state the sun would not go down in this land the tribune was a voiceless oracle the world ceased to move after all the times were out of joint and the express came to a dead halt but all this had its compensations for soon we crossed the great bridge 
and are housed in the hotel d'angleterre where though no papers were found in our expected mail plenty of news as to the president and the land we love were found in letters and these twelve days only from new york there shine into my windows in dazzling glitter the copper domes of that marvel of cathedrals st isaac's which we saw from afar upon whose sides and pedestals encamping night and day about us are the angels of this edifice of beauty the guns of the citadel thunder out the memory of this the birthday of the empress of this vast empire and in spite of all ominous auguries to the contrary we sojourn in peace and safety in this city of beauty and bazaars palaces and pigeons monuments and minarets domes and deviltry ceremonies and cemeteries armies and assassinations why does everybody except the russians call this city st petersburg it was not named after st peter but peter the great it is a magnificent city of palaces and wide avenues its very hospitals and barracks are palatial and there is no narrowness to any thoroughfare its domes where not painted blue with golden stars or green are gilded and make the city seem like a constantinople new risen upon the north in fact with its canals and rivers its streets columns and palaces its churches and their outside and inside decorations st petersburg combines in itself and in its vistas in its plan and its magnificence venice amsterdam paris and constantinople if it were not stucco on the yellow houses if it were only solid stone how much more impressive would be its mighty and superb aspect only one palace is of granite and but one church st isaac's of marble the energy which has reared such a city out of a bog in less than two centuries betokens the one-man energy which its founder inspired and illustrated still st petersburg as a look from an elevation will show unless it be approached as we approached it by the gulf and river is a vast plain if not a swamp the neva saves it it is a splendid river and makes its delta where the city stands it is a city of islands connected by beautiful bridges red granite faces the banks and makes the quays solid structures everything is colossal like the empire the informing genius of the male gender is peter the great and of the other gender catherine the second if these sovereigns were insane and they were very peculiar for russia more insanity is desirable among the princes of the earth peter opened this city as he said for a window for russia to look out of into civilized europe peter was a useful emperor for russia and his time although he did many diabolical things the russian humor is like that of byron which edgar poe said was too savage to be laughed at someone calls it grotesque savagery and illustrates it by the freaks of russian princes and czars john the terrible thought that there was no church like that of st basil and put out the architect's eyes to end any future work of that gifted artist peter the great proposed to hang the lawyers in his realm he thought one was too much there is a story of the empress annie who married off her favorite dwarf or fool in an ice palace and gave them an icy marriage bed where they froze to death this i have seen pictured in fine color and delineation it was a russian pleasantry 
catherine the second slaughtered many of the men whom she did not love out of a vagary of fun most of the people here hold their revels in graveyards peter stuffed the skin of one of his favorite servants a tall fellow and put him in a museum paul issued a ukazi against shoestrings and round hats he was fond of colors and had fantastic hues painted on bridges and gates it is hardly mirthful to make an eagle out of gun flints and swords or portray a group in heaven of russians looking down on jews germans and negroes but this is moscovite merriment in the moscow markets the slaughtered animals are stuffed with sawdust and look odd it is said of the emperor paul that he dug up the bones of those who murdered his father to pulverize them and blow them to the winds he arrested an englishman for not taking off his hat to royalty and ordered him to wear magnifying glasses this was jolly but not exceptional for the russian is not adept in making genial fun the climate is not genial the drosky is an odd-looking fleet sort of cab which barely seats two it is near the ground and if it upsets it is safer than when it is going its speed over the boulders is immense its driver is good and good-humoured the carts wagons drays as well as droskies have a peculiar harness for the horse the eminent characteristic of the establishment is a sort of harness or yoke about four or five feet above the animal's shoulders this is not peculiar to russia but it is here developed in a higher degree it rests on the shafts and somehow as i believe loquor non inexpertus the horse has freer motion and an easier draught under this yoke it does not strain him about the vitalities like our harness he seems to run loosely as under a canopy of green though many of the yokes are thus painted with emblems and owners names on them while watching a caravan of these yokes which do not oppress i had occasion to look through a long line of them fifty in number carrying the rye flour in sacks across the city and discovered another peculiarity there is a stout rope from the horse's shoulders to the front axle which extends some two feet out of the hub to hold these extra traces the strain seemed to be upon these traces as much as upon the shafts and just as i was driving in a hurried way for our driver was dashing at the usual pace one of our wheels came off and rolled a rod and down we were thanks to the good gray team and some promptitude we escaped harm while sympathies all about from the gathered crowd showed that there was much kindness upon the street what sights to our unaccustomed eyes are on every side as we drive little tartar children dressed in green the soldiers with heavy coats and long spears from the tribes of the don the cossack of history hussars of red gay uniform caucasian soldiers with dresses as gay as the spahis of algiers with the various large breeched natives in top boots or with red shirts only covered by a dark vest add to the spectacle the avenues are wide and lined with high yellow buildings palaces and government edifices all proportionate to the immense empire of the two continents the signs look quaint with their peculiar lettering and the houses which rarely have doors in front are unusual in their aspect the sheet-iron roofs painted green and red the police in their green uniform and sword the rivers and canals 
full of strange craft darting about in active business some from far inland laden with grain and some bearing passengers over the neva and under its bridges all these odd pictures contribute to keep us on the alert we drive along the neva whose splendid avenues and quays are one they are lined by the same yellow buildings where the families of the royal house reside then we cross the neva on a pontoon bridge called the troutson from which a splendid view is had of the spreading waters of the river bounded at one end by the elegant edifice of the commercial exchange in winter the river is used for races upon the ice then we turn into alexandria park and admire the villas of the merchant princes upon the lagoons into which the neva is divided from the rounding point we perceive the finland gulf kronstadt and peterhof and all the points which we passed on our route hither then we turn into the zoological gardens where white bears and young cubs wolves and walruses along with thousands of pleasure seekers together enjoy the brilliant mimic scenes till midnight there we found for fifteen cents only a splendid theatre outdoors and famous dogs and monkeys performing followed by a ballet in pantomime in which greeks and turks play parts and in which the heroes and heroines of the former are lifted through a gorgeous display of many-coloured lights into clouds of glory amidst the cheers of the populace which never forgets that turkey is its natural foe and that constantinople is its natural if not national capital upon our drive we notice some fine triumphal arches copied after the classic models and those of other countries and other monuments but none equals the superb alexander column erected in eighteen thirty two it is a solid shaft of red granite the greatest monolith of the world it is based on an enormous block of red granite there is an angel on the summit the monument is one hundred and fifty four feet high and has a noble and inspiring grace and grandeur other statues to peter and catherine besides statues to soldiers and poets make every square of this grand city monumental there is also an equestrian statue of nicholas the horse is like that of general jackson's in lafayette square washington and stands upon his hind legs only it is so much more elegantly and gracefully posed that i could not but compare it to the disadvantage of our own favorite charger on no day have we failed to find something about peter the great in the summer gardens there is an old palace where are sacred relics of his handiwork such as chairs cabinets and chinese designs the kitchen and bathroom have tiles of the old dutch style which he greatly affected the chimney is as huge as the room within is a prison where he is said to have kept his personal enemies without benefit of habeas corpus or clergy it looks gloomy and the grating seems to be peculiarly adapted to a jail but it is not very likely that peter would have enjoyed such society in his own favorite home the drives in the parks are beautiful therein is a lovely palace where lived the princess dagmar before she became empress the armory here forms a museum of wonderful interest for it has gifts of untold value from spain to persia and beyond every kind of gun sword and dagger is here and those from the conquered sheiks and khans of asia shine resplendent in jewels by the mass the saddle cloths from the orient and especially the presents from the shah of persia 
are the richest known to any collection in the world among the manifold things here to be seen are the lock and key found near the site of the temple of jerusalem the jewelry of the harem of the khan of kiva a wonderful collection for female adornment chevalier bayard's cuirass a spear which opens after it enters the body an alarm clock which shoots off a gun to awaken the sleeper the flags taken in the hungarian insurrection of eighteen forty nine the baton of shamil the circassian chief who fought russia so many years the emeralds by the quantity which the shah of persia sent to the czar the horse furniture of the indian sheiks and a circular knife which they used to hurl which cut your head off before you could say your little prayer and as a proper apex to this collection of curious gifts and gems worth alone sixty millions of rubies the sword of mazeppa the brave hetman of the poles who will never cease to ride through histrionic and historic dangers on that fierce untamed charger of the desert if you would find in full perfection the richest in all respects of all the palaces in the world i suppose the winter palace would be that superlative edifice since the attempt to blow it up as the royal people were about to dine it has been closed i made an effort through colonel hoffman our charge d'affaires to obtain an entrance for the americans now stopping here but vainly recent events forbade the czar himself will not go into it again it is shut for two years this was a disappointment but it was partly compensated for by admission to the hermitage which is a part or a neighbor to the winter palace but the hermitage seems to be enough for all our time all the masters old and young native and foreign are in profusion here as well as specimens of the exhaustless mineral glories of russia and siberia in every form of carved beauty and tasteful grace museums of ancient statuary coins jewels and intaglios illustrating every age and phase of history and as a climax of interest the relics of the city of kerch and other palaces in the greek colonies of two thousand years ago now in southern russia are here this exhibition supplements general cesnola's cyprian antiquities and would add fresh interest to our home museum upon these greek relics are found such dresses worn by the ancient scythians as our drosky drivers now wear and bas-reliefs on these old vases show horses managed exactly as my former ohio constituent rary used to quell the worst cruisers of the equestrian world but as a small american boy remarked at the end of our six hours promenade through these corridors we feel two thousand years old ourselves we have travelled so much and so far do you ask is peter the great to be found at the hermitage surely he is everywhere here are his lathes tools and knives and plaques or discs of copper and ivory cut by his own hand here too is his measuring staff which was a foot taller than any one in our party and that of his valet a foot taller than peter how could he be such a warrior statesman mechanic and architect ruling such an immense and incongruous people so well and make so many knick-knacks with his own hand and out of his own mechanical contrivance this conundrum puzzles the brain we are curious to know the secret of peter's power and of the glamour of grandeur around this giant 
of muscovite history and modern civilization the staircase of this palace of the hermitage has no equal in its size and proportion outside there are immense black colossal porphyry figures bearing up the portico each an atlas itself they are emblems of the eighty millions of subjects which from every rank uphold this extended empire with its sixty millions of farmers now free its seven millions of villagers its one million of gentry nobles and officers and its four millions of military men and their families it would seem that the vast edifice of the russian power would be stable supported by such atlantean shoulders is it really so time will tell for the welfare of all it is to be wished that there was more comfort and elevation among these vast masses of men End of chapter 27